The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invent your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I think it's hard for us uh, to find people in public life who exemplify humility. Uh, You know, we're entering now that uh, political season when the politicians will be digging out their flannel shirts, find an old pickup someplace. In South Dakota, they were always standing in front of wheat fields or cornfields. You know, there were people who were really grounded down to earth. And I've thought about that as as I thought about preparing this sermon, who we might look to as a possible example of public life lived in a humble way. And I came across the account of Cardinal George Basil Hume, uh, who was the Cardinal Archbishop of Westminster. He was a Benedictine monk who, prior to his appointment as Archbishop of Westminster, uh, had been the Abbot of Ampleforth, in uh, in a a Benedictine monastery in North Yorkshire. At the time of his death in 1999, he had been the leader of Roman Catholics in England and Wales for 23 years. And when he died, the people felt that they had lost a friend. It didn't matter what religion they were or what faith they followed. He was a friend. Those who knew him said that what he feared more than anything in life was praise rather than criticism. And there's an account of him uh, being with a friend, and you can imagine it it was probably an occasion where the friend was being introduced as a speaker. And he leaned over and said to his friend, enjoy it, but don't inhale. In 1975, when the major newspapers uh, announced the slate of candidates who were being considered for the archbishop's position, 
They had pictures of all of them. And then underneath, they had a little caption of advantages and disadvantages. And under uh, the abbot, they had much too humble to make known his abilities could easily be missed. Now, although he never sought notoriety or fame, when he died, this humble man was remembered by heads of state and by religious leaders throughout the world. Rather than be laid out in the finery of a prince of the church, he was buried in a simple monk's habit. Father Basil, as they fondly called him, was an example of how one lives a humble life. But I think it's hard for us sometimes to understand humility in a way that doesn't put us over into that kind of false humility, which is is just as repugnant as arrogance, it seems. So I think today we should think about humility, humility as we are together in community with one another, but also our humility before God. And this gospel lesson, I think, helps us with that. Try to imagine the scene. It's a Sabbath meal in the leader of uh, the Pharisees home and with Jesus, who apparently is there as an invited guest, are lawyers and other Pharisees. And these are perhaps some of the same people who have been trying to trip up Jesus as he has proceeded with his ministry. And the, the gospel writer says that they were watching Jesus. But the interesting thing about the story is that Jesus was watching them. And he was especially taken by the way that they jostled to find the place of honor around the table. We've all been in situations like that. And perhaps unknowingly, we were the ones jostling for the place of honor. But sometimes we stand back and we can see it. And it's a pretty ugly thing, actually. And apparently Jesus had done just that. He had waited and watched to see what these people would do as they found their places around the table. Now, where do you think Jesus sat? Well, if he waited and watched, then the only place that perhaps was open for him was the place of least honor at the table. So here was the Holy One of Israel sitting in the place of least honor. And then Jesus speaks. And it is as though he holds a mirror up to their self-importance. And he says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I think all of us have, at one time or another in our lives, struggled with this whole idea of humility. How do we, how do we be humble? How do we live in a humble way? I had explored this question with my spiritual director in South Dakota. And she helped me very much with that because she said something that's very simple and I think very easy for us to understand. She said, true humility is being the person God created you to be without pretense. I didn't mention this at eight o'clock, but I remember she added something. She said, if you look at your dog, we had a pet dog. We have one now. She said, that dog is as humble as anyone can be. We are the ones that struggle with humility. She didn't know that now, of course, we have a Scotty, and Scotties are anything but humble. <laughs> we all know pets that have not been very humble. <laughs> but there is within what she said a great deal of truth, I think. When we are the person that God created us to be, with our gifts, with our limitations, 
with our frailties even. We are a blessing to ourselves, but most of all, to others. That is the most wonderful thing in the world that can be, is for us to simply be the person God created us to be in all of our fullness. Now, I think that that's part of what Jesus was talking about. But I think there was there was much more as well. When he finished with the with the guests and the way that they had so uh, brazenly uh, looked for the places of honor, then he turned to the host and he said, when you throw a party, don't just invite your relatives and your rich neighbors. They are able to reciprocate and you will be repaid. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed. You will be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous. Now, I think the genius of what Jesus said at this uh, dinner gathering is not so much about places at the table or about who you invite to dinner. But rather, he was saying to these religious leaders that the standards that you have set are not the standards of the kingdom of God. And it's something that is important for all of us, I think, in the church to keep before us. What are the standards that we set in order to say that people can be a part of the assembly or that somebody can stand at the altar and celebrate on behalf of the community or that someone can be fully a member of the church or that someone is welcome if they just happen to walk through the door, if they don't look like us, if they don't speak like us. Always we must ask ourselves, whose rules are we really applying? What standards are we holding up? It's interesting that what Jesus specifically talked about in terms of who they should invite to the party, the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, those were exactly the ones who could not serve in the temple. Those were the ones who could never, ever serve in the temple. And Jesus was saying, invite them. And I think we perhaps could hear Jesus say, when you throw your party, when you celebrate the great thanksgiving of the Eucharist, go out and invite all of those out there to come in. Invite those who don't, who could not contribute to this congregation with money, but who could contribute with their lives and with their gifts. Go out and invite those who are different from you and invite them in because all, all are welcome. I think there's another truth that is embedded in all of this that Jesus is talking about. And that is that in some way, all of us are poor, crippled, lame or blind. All of us. All of us have within us an aspect of our lives that is broken and can only be made whole in Christ. And I think that is another aspect of humility, recognizing that we are in need of what Christ has to offer to us. Back to Cardinal Hume, when he learned that he had terminal cancer, he said, if only, if only I could st start all over again. I would be a much better monk. I would be a much better abbot and a much better bishop. But then I thought, how much better if I can come before God when I die, not to say thank you that I was such a good monk, good abbot, 
good bishop, but rather, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. For if I come empty-handed, then I will be ready to receive God's gift. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. Amen.